Toronto proud to announce from Zurich, Men's League Switzerland, from US program, Austin Matthews. to week 392 of the isolation. Uh, it's getting dark. The world is going down. Uh, just kidding. Um, everything's basically the same. People are still freaking out, which is really funny. Uh, the shortages, I don't think, have, have changed a little bit, actually, from... I don't know about you, but it... The grocery store near me, there's almost... There was never any eggs for, like, the past three, four weeks or whatever. Uh, but now it seems like the eggs have started to flow again, so the biggest uh, issue in my life has been fixed. Um, other than that, it's all pretty good. Uh, things are really... I feel like they've settled into like a new norm, which is weird to say. Um, there's, there's also a good thing that's been coming of this that I sort of noticed the other day. It's like, this is like a, a nice little wake-up call to reality that bad things can happen and we've been pretty lucky over the past 60 70 years so it's kind of happy that that's going that way and it might also open up the world to changing how people work you know if so many people can actually work from home like is a company actually making more money forcing everyone to go to work um, and having to monitor them and all that kind of stuff and having to provide facilities you know like bathroom and food and breaks and all that kind of stuff or are you better off just letting them go home and then they can take their breaks at home when they need to, they take care of the bathroom themselves, like there are lots of benefits to it that I think um, people aren't really looking at. So this is a really good time to look back and reflect. But getting into what I'm supposed to be doing instead of just rambling. Um, Alright, this week the news. So I was going to try to avoid using too much Sorry, the gain's really high. Uh, too much COVID talk, but it is still very relevant. And there's actually real news that's slightly different than before. So I have to bring it up. Um, uh, there was a big meeting in with Batman and world leaders, like Trump and uh, all them, and, and the other sports leagues. And basically they were talking about the real possibility of having um, games without fans. Uh, I don't know why they didn't. Well, I know why they didn't do this before, but it's good to see that they're actually thinking about this. I think it's sort of on the backbone of restrictions being lifted in certain areas. Uh, in BC, where I am, there is actually talk of lifting restrictions because of how well BC has done at uh, flattening the curve, so to speak. And I think the NHL and country leaders are starting to recognize that, and they're realizing that some places can do it. Um, but I guess it... It's not widespread yet, or it can't be yet. Um, the isolation period is still until the 30th, at minimum, for all NHL players uh, and personnel and all that. So that's good. But it clearly s seems like they're looking at, in a two-week period, that they might start 
um, being able to lift some of these restrictions, having people play games or at least practice together uh, in some type of isolation at a neutral zone. So that's good. It's still surprising to me and I feel like it might be a bit too early. Um, this could, I feel like it might result in having to roll back these decisions or just things will get worse and they'll go, you know what, screw it, we're not rolling back, we're just going to let it, whatever happens, happens and deal with it as we go because they're so worried about all the money they're losing. Um, but anyway, it is good news that they're thinking of lifting these restrictions and actually having some games played even without fans because if they wait until like say June is when the time when they can actually have fans back for example uh, there just might not be enough time to finish all the games in the season so they're going to lose out on all of the revenue or most of the revenue anyway but if they're able to have games without fans and slowly integrate them back in um, they can at least recoup some of that money from like TV deals and all that kind of stuff uh, and it would just be a nice welcome break for everybody so it's sort of like a best middle ground to mitigate the losses of the last of this uh, ruined season. Um, I think it's going to probably still be a couple weeks before we really hear what's going on and what their plan is. Um, and it also depends on how the world is dealing with uh, everything and if it gets worse or better and all that kind of stuff. But it is good news and it does seem like they're looking at changing things. Uh, they did have a conversation about a neutral site I've mentioned this before, but it seems like a good idea, but I also wonder, like, you're still just all of a sudden throwing all these people into one area if you have the games in a neutral area. Like, if they pick some small town that just happens to have a great rink or something, or one that could house a hockey game, but it's not as big, like, the fan size isn't as big, so it doesn't look as bad, and, you know, blah, 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 and they're, they're trying to make it work that way. Like, I get that. Um but you're still forcing all these people into one area and that could just make things worse. So I don't really know how that's gonna go. I'd be really surprised. Um, one thought I did have with a neutral site is possibly if you had an area like BC that's doing really well with these restrictions and they also have a lot of facilities um, for big events like maybe a past Olympics a decade ago, uh, they could hold a lot of teams and players um, and have a lot of games here. Uh, I don't know how other teams would deal with that, but if, if it was a fan-restricted area, like fan-restricted games anyway, it doesn't really matter as long as you televise the games um, and you'd have the whole Olympic areas that they had set up. Maybe something like that could work. I actually don't know what they're doing with those sites right now anyway. Um, but they could figure out something like that or Salt Lake City who probably has similar uh, similar setups um, and just anywhere that's had like big events and stuff like that could work as well it might I think honestly one of the best places I know in Canada would be like Saskatchewan or Alberta where there isn't like a big presence of COVID but they have the facilities to do it and there's not a dense population so there's plenty of smaller areas you could just take over there's even the old um, like oil field campsite facilities where you could house a lot of people I've used to work at some of those and they, they'd be perfect for something like this. As long as they have like, you know, less than a 40 minute drive to the rink or something to play the games, it'd be fine. Um, and on that same topic, uh, the NHL PA deferred their check decision um, by a month. So they were going to 
forego their last paycheck, but they've decided to defer it for a month, which just points to that they might be more of a, uh, they might gain more money than they expected, or they might be able to get back into making money sooner than expected. It's like a really good hint. And that they're waiting another month to see how it goes. Uh, that's just a good sign. Keep more eye, keep your eyes open for stuff like that, because they might not straight out announce, hey, everything's good, you know, we're planning for May 15th or something. But if you see more stuff like this, where there's like this delay until a certain period has passed, then that's a good sign that something might actually be happening soon. Because if they really thought that this was going till the end of July, they might not do something like that. Um, and so back into the actual NHL news. Um, so Bufflin is officially gone from Winnipeg. I think everyone sort of expected this. It was a really weird situation that he just kind of retired at the last minute and wasn't into going into the team when they expect him to come back and then they're delaying, canceling his contract and then he's trying to say that, well, it was an injury and it seemed like a really, really messy, weird way um, to end things. It kind of sucks because he was really good for that team. Um, but it does. it is a good thing that it's actually over now because they can start figuring out um, what they're going to do with their cap space, uh, which is obviously something... One second. Okay, sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, yeah, it's obviously something really important that they can deal with their cap space. Every team wants to deal with that. They want some type of certainty. They want to know what their future is uh, so they can plan ahead. Um, and that brings me to my next point because they, were, they haven't announced this uh, officially yet, but there's a few reports coming out that the cap is going to be flat next year. Uh, which is bad news for a lot of teams, good news for some teams, and just welcome, um, like, stability for others who just want to know what the future holds so they can plan out their contracts. And you could, again, they haven't officially announced this, but you can see it through um, other things, like a bunch of teams have started to make some shorter contracts. Um, notably um, is the St. Louis Blues because they signed a couple players aren't really big deals but they signed enough money and if there's going to be a flat cap uh, they put them into a point where there's just almost no way they can sign Petrangelo so unless there's some big thing up Doug Armstrong's sleeve and some big shakeup I can't see them signing Petrangelo they'd have to really get rid of like a big player on their team and like a player like O'Reilly that's not going to happen uh, I don't see Tarasenko going uh, maybe they could get rid of their backup Jake Allen but he's been playing really good as their backup, so, you know, is that really viable? And if the cap is truly going to be flat, like, a lot of teams that actually would want to make a big trade to be contenders probably won't have the cap space to do so. Uh, there's the teams like, I think Colorado will still have the space, Winnipeg will have the space, maybe. It's not as many as you would want for a good trading partner if you're trying to fix things up. So it just, it probably makes more sense that they just that they just let Petrangelo go, um, which sucks if you're a Blues fan, and seems kind of confusing when you look at all the contracts they've signed and everything, but it is what it is, so that's just the way things are going to be. But if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, um, it's pretty good news because the, uh, here's a list of the best defensemen available still, uh, possible free agency day, is Petrangelo, Barry, Schultz, Krug, and Vatnin. And I believe four out of five of those are all right-wingers, so... If you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, any one of those could probably take up uh, Bufflin's spot. Even, I think Krug is the only left-sider there. Yeah. 
So even if Krug was the one that they got, he could still fill like that offensive role in the power play um, and just be like a really dependable player for them uh, and just sort of give them like even that confidence of just having a more experienced uh, a veteran blue liner um, who's been to the finals uh, and played for a really good team in Boston, uh, he'd probably fit really well on Winnipeg. Uh, and if you're a Leafs fan, that's also good news because that means there's, you know, those five defensemen still available. Um, I'm going to play a little armchair GM here. And if you look at the players remaining, um, that I brought up, Petrangelo, Barry, Schultz, Krug, and Vatnin, obviously you kind of want the Leafs to target them, depending on how the playoffs go and all that, and their defense holds up and, and all that kind of stuff. But with a flat cap and, uh... Barry going and CeCe going and the raises they need they only have two or the raises they already have um, set in place with the current contracts they have available they literally only have like I think it's if my math is right it's only 2.25 million available for next year with a flat cap that is crap that is pure that is shit if you if you think that they're going to be able to do uh, two defensemen with that because I mean if one of them's uh, a minimum level contract at what are they six six seven five or something is the minimum uh and then they only have like 1.25 or 1.3 or whatever to sign another player like the best they can get is if they're lucky they would have a new rookie that could come in and blow them away likely with what i know about their current prospects um the other thing would be they don't have or sorry the other thing that they could do is they'd have to possibly sign a veteran that would be available somebody who's like maybe on their last year who might be able to come fill in but again if, if you're asking a veteran to come in play for one year and they're good enough to be in the top four there's no way you're going to be able to pay them a minimum contract unless you get really lucky and it's someone like i don't know some defensive version of jason spezza that actually is able to play better than you expected and is willing to sign um to his hometown for a really cheap deal uh, when I looked at the list of players available, I could not find any. The closest I was thinking of was Mike Green, but I mean, how good is he really going to be? Is he going to be good enough to be top four? Um, so at this point, it's looking more and more like the defense is going to be downgraded next year, which is, if you've watched the team most of the year, you're going to be like, oh shit. Um, that's not good. That's not going to go, that's not going to help anybody. That. That could be a sign that they don't even make the playoffs next year uh, with their current cap structure. Um, and with the messed up year that it's going to be next year, and the messed up year this year, like these, these next year, year and a half, it's just going to be a mess. And right now, to me, when you look at it, there's just, there's almost no chance they don't trade somebody like Kapanen, Kerfoot, Johnson, uh, or Nylander, or even Engvall. Uh, I didn't really like the Engvall signing when I first saw it. Is He hadn't even played a full season. He, I think he only had like 20, 30 games under his belt before they decided to sign him again and gave him like a half a million dollar raise. Which isn't super egregious, but couldn't they have not got him for a little bit less? Like minimum a million? Um, or max a million, sorry. Or just something. Like, okay, we'll give you another year at like... I think he was signed at like 700 but give him like, okay, we'll give you a one year at 900 to prove prove that you're like the same player. Because right now he might, 
like he wasn't playing too well near the end so he might even end up being like an extra contract that they'll have to trade away with like a fourth fourth out round uh, pick just to get rid of it just to clear some cap space um but obviously it's not a lot even if they did because they'd have to replace it with a minimum level so it's like maybe a half a million gained so it's looking more and more like Captain Kerford, Janssen, Nylander. Somebody's got to go. Combination of the first three, like two of them, or Nylander by himself. Now, given the way Nylander's played all year, um, if he plays the same in the last few games, whatever they are, in the playoffs, I highly doubt they would pick him, so they'd pick two of the others. And right now, my money's mostly on Kapanen and Kerfoot going as a combination somewhere. So that possibly frees up like something like 6.7 maybe. Um, so let's just not take into account other minimum level contracts. Let's say they were lucky enough to get like eight out of that, you know, maybe eight to nine if they're lucky. That might be enough to land Petrangelo. Uh, hopefully it would be enough if they were willing to sign him. It would definitely be enough to get someone like Schultz uh, or Vatnin. Um, I think you could get either one of those two on a lower level contract. Um, someone like Barry, I wouldn't be too interested in because he just hasn't played that well in the team. He's sort of too close to Morgan Riley for my taste. Um, Vatnin, he hasn't had a good time in New Jersey, but it's also been like a recordly horribly bad year for the whole team. So I'm not too shocked if he um, if he did better on another team and. You could get him cheaper because he has had such a bad year. He might be willing to do like a one-year contract for three million or something. Um, same thing with Schultz. He's had injuries, so he might not. No one might be willing to give him a long-term contract. So again, that could be another one-year contract. Uh, he is sort of similar to Barry, but I think he's a little bit better defensively, um, and he's okay with being like the fourth right winger or the fourth defenseman or something who's still able to shine, who can obviously perform in the playoffs because he won two Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh. He's good enough for that. Um, so I think that could be a good foot. Someone like Krug might fit, although I don't see him signing in Toronto just because of history. and It'd just be odd. Um, and he's a left side, so it's not really as useful. So there is the possibility that they could make something like that happen. Um, if you were to trade a combination of Kapanen and Kerfoot to one team to maybe get one better player or a really good defensive prospect uh, I think you can make it work um, even if it was just for a combination of draft picks in this year's draft uh, to turn them around into something that's also possible uh, although I doubt it I think they'd want more of an NHL ready player um, even rookies and people who still need a little bit of seasoning at least maybe just one year or something um, to fill a gap uh, to come in in a couple years, to come in in a year, and then to fill the gap, they would just get like some veteran player like Spezza to fill in for that third line center role. Although they could have Spezza on the third line and then uh, Gautier in fourth or swap them, whatever. Uh, just as a gap filler, I mean, it's not ideal. It's probably a bit of a downgrade, um, but it might be something that they're going to look at. And it's really like. Like, if there's something that I'd really like him to see to get back in return, it would be some type of defenseman for those two players. Uh, teams that come to mind that might be willing to do something like that 
um, there's not there's not a lot, but there's just a few that I think that would want to change up their defense around to get more offense uh, and sort of spread out their lines. So maybe a team like Buffalo, although I don't know which defenseman you'd really want off them. Like maybe was it Ristolainen that wanted to go, and his cap hit is kind of reasonable for now. Uh, Carolina, they've got a bunch of defensemen. They'd probably be willing to do something like that. They need more offense. Uh, they definitely have the assets to do it, although it depends who they're going to give you. Uh, Columbus, their strength definitely is on the back end, so maybe they won't want to give something like that up, but could be somebody that they're willing to give up. Um, that's probably it. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now that would really fit something like that. Maybe Arizona, if they have somebody they could give up, or Anaheim, but or even Vegas, but those are those are far less likely in my opinion. So it looks like we are in for a very interesting offseason, regardless of what happens with this whole COVID thing. Uh, there's going to be some big changes on the Leafs. It feels like it's just going to be like a shotgun of changes for the next two, three years until this cap situation stabilizes or the cap goes up a lot. Maybe it probably will take two years now for that to even happen. Uh, so that's pretty crappy. Um, but at least it's an interesting time, to be at least, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but that's it for me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe. Avoid the COVID. Uh, bye.